Man, how many of you are thankful that God is with us this morning? Amen? Amen. Man, well, welcome. Uh, like Pastor Anthony said, man, I'm thankful that you guys are here this morning. I hope that you woke up excited to be at church. Uh, I hope you woke up knowing that you need the church, right? Uh, I know that sounds cliche, but you need the church and, and the church needs you. Because we function as a family, we function together in what we do here, what we're trying to accomplish in our mission to point real people to a real Jesus with a real love takes everybody. And the Bible puts it that we're a whole body and each one of you play a specific role on that body. And so I pray that you would remember on those Sunday mornings that you're just like, man, I'm a little tired or man, uh, I, I don't feel like getting up, that you remember that uh, there's somebody here that, that needs you to be here and vice versa. And so, uh, and just an update too. Uh, last week, I, uh, we had some first time guests here. Uh, it was actually Pastor, uh, Pastor Raul, our worship leader. Uh, his parents came and sh they don't live here, but she had mentioned, uh, I've been watching you guys online. I don't, I don't uh, come to service, but I watch you online because they don't even live here and they live in Mexico. Uh, praise God for technology, right? Uh, and she says, but there is a difference she goes, I watch every week, but there is a difference when I am in the room. There is a peace in this place. And, and so uh, just remember that in those mornings that you battle, because there's mornings, believe me, uh, I, I tell my wife, boy, if I wasn't preaching, I don't know if I'd go to church today. Uh, and, but I just remember one that God has been so good and so gracious to me, uh, but also that my family, we need each other. And, and so uh, I say all that because uh, we're, we're, we've been having some trouble with our internet, with the location of our, our place and what they provide here and all that. So we're actually not even streaming our services right now. So who, who, all the people that missed out this morning uh, using that, well, I'll just catch it online. They're missing it this morning. And so uh, for the next few weeks, just a heads up that we won't be doing that, but you can catch them uh, on YouTube tomorrow morning on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you miss out on these. We're going to continue our uh, series this morning called Space. How many of you have been enjoying this series? Has it been helpful to you? No. Man, I need to study better. I've been enjoying this. I, I, we've been talking about the space in our heart, the space around us, people around us, uh, and, and all these things that this this world that we live in and the space that we're in and, and, and the weight of that. And, and we've been looking at all different areas of our lives and the space that we take up. And this morning we're gonna continue that. And we're gonna start in Matthew chapter one, verse 18 through 25. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn there. Uh, if you don't, it'll be on the screen behind me. Uh, how, how many of you uh, think they did a great job with the Christmas decorations? Yeah, uh, Vicki. Uh, Vicky and Kristen, uh, they, they came up here. And Juan, shout out to my man Juan. He was hanging stuff. Uh, man, we're a blessing. And Sam, Sam, my bad, Sam. I didn't forget. I did forget. My wife just screamed at me. Uh, but we're so thankful that you're making our church look uh, like Christmas, and I love it. And so thank you guys for putting in extra time to love your church and serve your church. If you haven't known, I didn't announce this really. I don't think I have, but Kristen Vasquez uh, has taken over our entire children's department. And from day one, she has made it so much better than what it was already operating at. And so uh, the Vasquez family is such a beautiful family to have. If you don't know them, you need to get to know them. Uh, but Kristen and Juan, we love you and we're thankful for you. And we're, we're glad that you're here at Real Church. Matthew chapter one, are you there? If you're not, it's on the screen. Here we go. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed, this was meaning that just legally before they were married, that they were legally going to get married, uh, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved the divorce to divorce her quietly. Back in Old Testament days, if something like this were to go down, the, the husband was legally uh, and justif- he could justify uh, divorcing her. And, and even in some believe that uh, murder was actually okay, but uh, th- th- there's different interpretations, but he could, he could do this. And, and the woman was publicly shamed for it because of her actions. And, and Joseph being a man of character, man of God, he said, you know what? I know that you're pregnant and I know that's not my baby, but we're we're just gonna do this quietly and we're gonna divorce. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit. Man, praise God for that angel that he he say, the the Holy Spirit being revealed. Some of us, we need that in our lives. We, We need the Holy Spirit coming to us and reminding us, hey, Whoa, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If you have your Bible, you need to circle that, underline it. That is why Jesus came. That's why we have church. That's why we believe in Jesus. That's why we worship Jesus, because he saves us from our sin, not just from our past, not just from today, not just from tomorrow, but forever he saves us from our sins and we can spend forever and eternity with him. And all this took place to fulfill the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin, and and this is the prophet Isaiah now, he references back. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Everybody's together say God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did this as the angel and the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for Christmas. There's just an extra thankfulness. Yesterday we went to the Christmas parade and just seeing the city of Midland come together, uh, man, it's beautiful to me. I love this city and and I'm here to serve this city. And and as we celebrate Christmas in the person of Jesus, um, we just need to remember that. We need to remember that he is with us. And so today's title, I message, the uh, title, I, I, I said this, the best part. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he is with us right now. He is with us in this very moment. And that makes this moment sacred. We'll never get this moment again, Father. And so, Father, I thank you so much that people came here today at Real Church to lift your son Jesus up and that to be reminded that you are with us. So Father, as we celebrate these Christmas holidays, no matter uh, what's going on in our families, what's going on with our financial situations, what's going on in our world, and it doesn't overcome the joy that you can bring during these times. So Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. We worship him and we love you. And we pray these things in his name. And everyone said, amen. The best part. 
I love, I, I used to love movies um, when, when I moved to Midland. Uh, I, I was single. I didn't have a lot of money. I was, I, I was making like $30,000 moving to Midland. Uh, and if you, that's crazy. Uh, you, you can barely eat bread on that. But I knew God had called me to this place the moment I left in December of 2014. As I was pulling out of the city, I knew that God was calling me to this city. And then I got here in June of 2015. And I remember pulling in, and I've shared this before. I, I thought I had made it to the city. I grew up in a small town, and when I pulled in, it took me all the way through downtown, and so you're seeing these big buildings, and I was like, oh my gosh, I finally made it to the big city, what I've always dreamed of, and then that lasted like two minutes, and then I pulled out of downtown, and it's like, ah, okay, uh, but I still love this place. Uh, but the first thing that I did when I moved to Midland, Texas, nobody in this room would guess. The first thing that I did is I went in, into every pawn shop. I found every pawn shop in Midland, Texas, and, and I went into them because I loved movies. I was too broke to afford internet, so I couldn't stream uh, Netflix. We, and so I went into pawn shops looking for divids, right? If you're younger, you'll get that joke later. And so I went in there and I would go into the used section and, and I would just go through all the movies and I would get the used ones because, well, everything in the pawn shop is used, duh. But I, I, they were all like $2, $3. And I would just walk out with bags of every pawn shop with tons of movies. And I'd go home and I had the Divid player and I'd stick this round disc in the Divid player and I would watch movies over and over again. And as I, uh, over like three months, really, the summer, uh, the summer that I was first here, I built this huge movie collection. And so that when Adriana came out, I'd be like, yeah, check that out. <laughs> and uh, I just had this movie collection. I enjoyed watching movies. One of my favorite movies, top five of all time, is The Guardian. How many of you are familiar with The Guardian? It's about the Coast Guards, Kevin Costner, Ashton Kutcher, uh, and it's about these Coast Guard rescue swimmers. And Kevin Costner's this uh, legendary swimmer, and, and he's rescued so many lives. And people uh, in this small town of Alaska know his name. They know he's a legend because of how many people he has saved uh, out in the waters. Well, then comes this young guy, Ashton Kutcher, and he comes in and he's like, uh, I'm the best. And he was one of the top swimmers in the country. And, and he was new. Most people thought he was going to go to college to swim, but he ended up going to the Coast Guard. And people were wondering like, why are you going to the Coast Guard? And he ends up going. And all he cares about is being the best. He doesn't care about saving lives. He cares about being the best swimmer that he can be. Well, throughout this movie, him and Kevin Costner have this uh, hate, love-hate relationship. It's a really good movie. You should go watch it. Uh, but at the very end, there's two scenes that are my favorite. It's the best part of the movie. Uh, uh, Kevin Costner decides, you know what, it's time for me to hang up, uh, hang this up. I, I need to retire. And, and so he's packing up his bags. Ashton Kutcher walks in. At this time, they finally have uh, made ends with each other, and they're good, and they're partners in swimming. And he says, you know what? It's time for me to walk away from this. And Ashton Kutcher, this whole time, he has broken all his swimming records in the pool. He, he, he's wanting to break all his records. And the one record that he really wants to break is how many lives he has saved. So this whole movie, nobody knows the number. Only Kevin Costner knows this number. And at the very end, Ashton Kutcher looks at him. He goes, all I got, I just, I have to know. I have to know the number. And Kevin Costner turns around and he goes, the number's 22, Jake. And, and Ashton Kutcher looks at him kind of puzzled and is like, well, that's not bad, you know. 
Most people say you're a legend. You think you would have more than 22 saves. And he looks at him, he goes, I mean, that, that's, not, that's not bad. And, and he's, as he walks away, he goes, um, that's not the number of lives that I've rescued. That's the number of lives that I lost. And he's proving this point to him, saying, this is all, a, this isn't about me. This is all about the people that we need to rescue as Coast Guard swimmers. It's one of the best parts of the movie. And then the, the very best part of the movie is at the very end when they're at the, uh, in the air, he had to come back and help Ashton because he was stuck. And at the very end, if you've seen the movie, he's saying he has this record that this lady in the bar told him about. And he's grabbing onto him because their, their wire had snapped. And Ashton Kutcher's hanging onto him. And he says, I won't let go. I won't let go. And, and at, at the very end, you know, he ends up taking his glove off. He falls out and he dies. It's the best part of the movie. Now, if you've never seen that movie right now, you're looking at me like, well, that doesn't really sound like a great movie because I've only given you part of the movie, right? All of us have favorite parts. Uh, th this year, uh, when you go to your Christmas parties, the best part is of the food is the corner that's got a little more crust on it, right? That's the best part. Everybody has the best parts. But and what if I were to lay before you today that some of you, like kind of what I've been explaining, you've only experienced part of Jesus. You experience the Sunday morning Jesus. You experience the, the, the music on Sunday Jesus. You experience the, the, the me preaching Jesus. But you've, that's, that's only part of him. And I want to I suggest to you today that, man, there's so much more to the person of Jesus than just a Sunday morning worship service. Some of you need to experience the Monday morning Jesus. Some of you need to experience the Jesus that takes up and, and, is, is, and Christ is the center of your marriage, Jesus. Some of you need to experience the Jesus that he's with you all the time. Some of you need to experience the whole person of Jesus. But I think there's too many of us in the church that, uh, and, and arguably this is a good part of Jesus. Don't get me wrong. This is a really good part of Jesus, but it's just a part of him. And you need to, uh, you need to experience the healer Jesus, the comforter Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. And I want you to know that you can do that. And so this morning, I, I want to lay some stuff before you of how. Because what if I told you that you could see and know the fullness of God? I think there's a lot of people walking around in our world today when the, the word God comes into their mind or it's in conversation. They don't know what to really think about God. And we as Christians, if you call yourself a believer, you need to know what you think about God. What you believe about God is the most important thing in your life is what you believe about God. Well, Pastor Carlos, we, we can't really, really know all of God. You can know all of God. I'm not saying you can understand all of God because God does things that we're like, what are you doing, God? Well, why, why did you bring me to Midland, Texas, God? Why, why did you give me this job, God? Why did you want me to move to this neighborhood, God? So I'm not saying, I'm not here proposing that we can understand God, but you can know God in all of his fullness. And that's going to be my argument with us today. God with us. 
In John chapter 1, verse 1, when you get to the New Testament, uh, it, it starts off that in the beginning was the Word of God, and God was the Word. Okay, if you go, if you've heard that before, it was with, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let that sink in. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you go on to John chapter 1, verse 14. It says that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word became flesh, meaning He put on skin and bone. And He came down to this earth to be with you and to dwell among us. And the verse continues and it says, We have seen His glory, the glory of the one of an only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what we should believe about God, that He is full of grace and He's full of truth. This is the fullness of God. And we see this fullness wrapped in bone and flesh in the person of Jesus. There's a story uh, in the Bible uh, that when Jesus is in the garden and he's about to get arrested and some of his disciples are there with him. And one of the disciples, you don't really hear much of this disciple, but Philip, Philip is there with him and he looks at him and, and he, he's about to get arrested. And he goes, Jesus, before you go, I just need to know one thing. I need you to show me the Father. Some of us in our life, we've come to moments in our lives, uh, maybe it's because of bad circumstances. Uh, most of the time, that's what it happens when most people, they drop to their knees and it's their final uh, avenue to go down. They say, God, I just need to know that you are here. And Philip is saying, hey, I need you to show me the Father and Jesus. I, I can picture this, is how I read the Bible. Uh, how many of you, when somebody says something to you that kind of seems outlandish, you give them that neck snap like, Right? I, I see Jesus going, looking at him like, show you the Father. And his response is, you've been with me this whole time, and you don't know the Father? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Again, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Some of you don't know the Father because you don't know Jesus. You, you need to, if you've never read through the Gospels, you need to go read through the Gospels. You need, to, uh, you, you need to go start. Go start in John and go read. And, and every Gospel uh, is through a different lens, okay? If you want long and sappy, go, go, listen, go read John. If you want uh, action movie type, go, go read Mark. If you want detailed, go read Luke, okay? All, all these, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, and John, all have different perspectives because it's four different writers writing but you need to go know Jesus. You need to go see how he interacted with people. You need to go see how he talked with people. You need to go see how he responded to people. And some of you this morning, you're, when, now uh, when you hear God, you, you just don't know. You, you, you don't know what to think. And when you hear God, you should immediately think, I know God because I know Jesus. I know Jesus. And that's, we, we want to know him, right? I don't think we come here because we, we just want to be here. We want to know him in a more intimate way. I want to know him more than I've ever known anything else. I want to know Jesus. And Jesus responds to Philip and, Philip and he says, And if you've seen me, you have seen the Father, God with us. And I want, you, I want to throw again this reminder out to you that no matter your circumstances, 
no matter what's going on in your life right now, that he is in the midst of that. God with us doesn't mean there's going to be no trouble, but in the midst of trouble, he's with you. In the midst of the problems that you're having with your children, he's with you. In the midst of the problems that you're having in your marriage, he is with you. In the midst that you're having problems at work, he is with you. In the midst of the world and anxiousness of holidays, he is with you. He is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Everybody say, God with us. In Galatians chapter 2, a lot of scripture today. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. uh, This is good news that God is with us. That, that reminds us again that no matter what, he's with us. But here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't stop there. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul reminds us of this. He says, my old self has been crucified, and it is no longer I who live, but it is he who lives in me. So if you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have laid down your life, and you say, all right, God, where you want me to go, I'll go. Where you want me to move, I'll move. Where you want me to stay, I'll stay. Some of, some of you, uh, man, God's telling you, you, you need to go. And you need to go. And, and I, I, I'm secure enough to say this. Some of you, God's telling you that this isn't your home. And you need to go find that home. And that's okay. Some of you, God's telling you, you need to stay when everything in you is wanting to go. And you need to stay. Jesus said this. Jesus says, I only say what the Father says and I only do what the Father tells me to do. That's the kind of life that we want to live. God, some of you, he's going to tell you, I I want you to move to this neighborhood. And he'll make a way. He will make a way for you to get. I remember when my wife and I were buying our house, we were youth pastors at the time. And and at this time, the market was crazy. Like you better, you better have your pre-pre-approval before you even go look in a house. And it got so wild that I was ready to put in an offer on a house that we saw on the internet. And, and that would have been real stupid, right? Uh, that's how crazy it was though. And, and there was this house on the corner right across from Lee High School. And we had tons of students that went there. So I was like, man, this would be great. Um, our students could come and hang out with us and we could really minister them uh, through the week. Well, uh, some things happened. Long, long story. I don't have time today uh, to share it, but I remember like just praying. I would drive there after basketball practice every day, and I was like, God, this is, this is it. If this is where you want us to move, I, I, I want to know. I want to know. And, bef- and then we got to walk this house before it even hit the market. And, and long story short, uh, this lady took like $15,000 less than what she was offered, and she gave us the house because— um, we, we were writing a letter and we were telling her, but I believe it was the providence of God that said, this is where you're going to live and this is where you're going to minister to. This, this week, I went to go bless a home in Odessa uh, with this family that is moving in. And, and in my prayer, I reminded them, hey, this isn't your house. You, you are only a steward of this house. And so whatever God tells you to do with this house, you need to do it. Some of you, if God has blessed you and you need to have an, R, an RG meeting in your home, but you think it's your home and you think it's not enough space and you, you make all these excuses and God is just telling you, hey, I am with you and, and, and this is what I need you to do. Because guess what? It is no longer us who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And so he doesn't stop there that God is with us. He comes down and he dwells among us. He makes his tabernacle here, meaning he, he literally means to dwell among us again. And, and he, he looks at the disciples. He goes, hey, I'm going to tell the Father to send another helper. 
And the helper is the Holy Spirit. So I need you to go up to the upper room and I need you to wait. And you stay there until he comes. And that's where we see in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit comes uh, upon them. And then the gospel begins to begin to get spread throughout the, all the world because of this helper. You and I, we have a helper. I, I think we forget that a lot of times when we're going through our day in and day out, that we have someone, uh, and, and not just a someone uh, who, who's just anyone, but the King of Kings, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, living in us. And He is our helper. He is there to help you. Last night, the Holy Spirit really helped me. We were at the Christmas parade, and, and a couple of us uh, were at the parade, and we're chilling, hanging on the corner, and, and this family just decides to come. And literally, like, if there's a chair right here of one of our families, they just stand here and, like, ready to— and, and everything in me, like I got my Christmas hat and I put it over my real church hat because if I get crazy, I don't want them to know that I'm part of real church. <laughs> and I'm looking at my wife. I was like, this is crazy. These people are rude. And I was like, babe, you go, you go do something. <laughs> and so my wife got up and she, she went over to the lady. She's like, ma'am, you're sitting in front of our friends. Can you move? Boy, if I didn't have that helper, woo, if my wife didn't have the helper, she's Latina. Let that be, I mean, and from the east side of Midland, Texas, like. But because we have this helper, we have this helper who helps us be patient. We have this helper who helps us be gracious. We have this, this helper that reminds us, hey, it's okay. And some of us need to remind in our day in and day out that we have this helper. And so not only is God with us, but he is in us. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Now, I know a lot of you might have come in here and like, man, well, I need one, two, three points of what I need to do. Too many times we come to church, like, tell me what to do. I need to know what to do. And, and, and honestly, I can get wrapped up in that of giving you this list of things. You need to pray more. You need to read more. You need to do this. You need to do that. And this morning, I just want to remind you that he is with you. And not only is he with you, he is in you. And if he is with you and he is in you, you can live your purpose. You can live out this life that we're called to live. You can be the best mother that you can be. You can be the best husband that you can be. You can be the best coworker, best friend that you can be to your friends. But some of you, again, are only experiencing the best part, your best part. We could pass the mic around and I would tell you, man, tell me uh, an experience, an encounter that you've had with Jesus. And you could tell me, man, I remember uh, when I was 15, when I was eight, when I, when I was by myself in my truck, when I was uh, so-and-so. And you, you could tell me the best part. And your relationship with Jesus has amounted to that. The ceiling of your relationship with Jesus has, has stopped there. Man, and I, I just want to remind you, man, he is he has called us to live a life. Your life, if you're a Christian, should never be boring. Never be boring. Because God's always, he, he's always speaking. The question is, are you listening? He's always sending, but are you going? He's always asking you to do, uh, go, go pray for somebody, go love on somebody. It, it should never be boring. You should be like, all right, God, what's next? because you're with me. And if you go look in the context of this, because uh, we've heard that all the time, that's what we celebrate around Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. 
And you go and you come to church and you hear the pastor, hey, God is with you. Now go and remember that God is with you. But you really need to get a hold of that. Like, man, God is with me in this very moment. That's what I prayed. In this moment that you'll never get back, He is with you. Some of you are questioning things about your life. You need to be reminded He is with you. Because guess what? Now you're going to experience not just a Sunday morning, tomorrow when you're anxious and nervous and scared and full of fear, you're going to experience the comforter, Jesus. You're going to experience, man, I, I know I'm going through this, but there's just a comfort that he brings to me. I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm nervous on how I'm going to afford Christmas uh, for all my kids and make sure that they have a great experience in my family. And you're worried about all these things. And, and you need to experience the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Because guess what? Then you'll come to a place where you're like, you know what? That doesn't even matter. Because I know that God is with me. He's in me. And if I'm around the ones that I love, I don't need a present. If you want to get me one, I mean, that's cool. But God is with us. We have a helper. So what does this helper do? He teaches you. The Holy Spirit should be teaching you something. What's he teaching you? What's he teaching you? I had lunch with a pastor this week, and he, he was talking about their congregation, and he was mentioning like, man, uh, we're, we're having to leave our place of worship next year because uh, another church let them borrow it, uh, and, and it's a small area, and he's like, we, we really need to find a place. And, and he's like, so I've been talking to my wife, and we're, we've been talking, man, do we go purchase land? Do we start building? And then he said, then I talked to another pastor, and who built? And he said that uh, during the time of building their church, he had to literally hand over all the decision-making to somebody on his staff because he was so anxious, and, and it was just a time in his life that he, he couldn't deal with it because he started making dumb decisions. And I, and I was there, and I was like, man, these last four months of getting our church ready, it was the most anxious time of my life. It was the hardest on my marriage. It, it, it was one of the biggest things that I, I've had to make, uh, some of the biggest financial decisions uh, as a board, as we sat and we talked about things and what we were going get, to get done, what could we get done, what do we need to get done. And in this time, uh, I, I think I was so wrapped up in the outcome, I forgot that he's with me. And that's the thing, we, we, we lose focus. We, we, we were trying to think of the end and we don't remember that, man, the Holy Spirit is teaching us something right now. And as I reflect back on those four months, uh, and even now, if I'm honest, because there's still so much that needs to be done, um, I just remember, man, He's with me. He's with—I don't need to be anxious about sinks. We need sinks, y'all. <laughs> I don't need to be anxious about baseboard. I don't need to be anxious about carpeting our kids' rooms I don't need to be anxious about all the things that need to be done because he, He's with me. And in that time, the Holy Spirit taught me He's always faithful. He is always faithful. So He should be teaching you something. He also, He wants to reveal truth to you. There's areas in your life that have no truth to them, and He's trying to bring light to that in your heart so that you can know what truth is. But guess what? He always do—we read earlier that God is full of grace and truth. So God's not going to condemn you, and He's not going to uh, beat you over the head. But in grace and in love, He's going to say, hey, there's this area in your life that you, you need to get right. 
there's this area in your life that is you haven't trusted me with it. Why aren't you trusting me with it? And he wants to bring truth to that area. Some of you, man, you are so beat down by life right now, and you just need to be encouraged. You, you, you have let life beat you down. You have let people's words beat you down. And everything in you, you're, you're believing what they're saying. You're believing what the enemy says about you, that you're not good enough. And you need to be encouraged. And the Holy Spirit with you, in you, is saying, hey, that's all you need. That's all you need. And I'm with you. And no matter what you're going on in your life, we're going to get through this because he wants to encourage you. Some of you, you need his comfort. You're, you're, you're going through a painful time in your life, and you need to be reminded that he's your comforter. For, for, for me, this has been mine uh, in this next one, but he's also your intercessor. Lately, I've been praying, and I, I just feel like there's this—I I, just—I I was honest with God. I was mopping the church this week, and I was like, God, I don't feel you, God. I don't feel like I can hear you clearly, God. And he just—I felt like whispered to me, that's okay, because I'm praying for you. What a, what a loving father that we have. What a loving God we serve that. Not only did he come to be with us, he came to be in us, and then he's going to pray for us. What a good father. God is with us. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, For in Christ lives all the fullness of of God in a human body. There it is right there. You want to know God, you have to know the person of Jesus. If you don't know the person of Jesus, you're not going to know God. Let me just put it out there. No, Instagram uh, reel is going to teach you uh, the fullness of God. No, no Facebook clip is going to teach you the fullness of God. No preacher is going to teach you the fullness of God. You and you alone have to have a relationship with Jesus if you want to know God. So you have to take that step of faith. Honestly, there's a, there was a time in my life uh, where all I did was listen to sermons. And, I, and this is what many Christians do in the church now. You're living off of somebody else's revelation. You're, you're trying to live out your week through my revelation of what I'm studying this week. And I'm telling you, it's not going to sustain you. You need a relationship. You need it. You need to open up your Bible. You need to uh, open up your heart to God. And you just need to be like brutally honest with God. Say, God, I need you. Or God, I am, I'm really mad at you right now. Or God, I am I, full of fear. God, I am super doubtful. I thought this situation was going to be full of hope, but I don't know, God. I'm really questioning some things right now. And you need to trust God with that area if, of your life because that's going to bring that relationship closer. You're, you're going to have more intimacy with Christ. There's gonna, then that's going to become more adoration because once you see intimacy, then you're going to be, uh, be able to proclaim adoration to Christ. You must know him because it is in him the fullness of God in human body. Worship team, you can come up. The best part. It may be the best part that you know of Jesus, but it's not the only part. It's not the only part. And I'm here to lay before you today, please stop thinking that Sundays are the best part of Jesus. I would argue that it's probably not. It's those moments when you're driving to work and you're praying to him and you just hear him comfort you.
It's in those moments when your house is chaotic and your kids aren't listening and he reminds you that I am with you, that it's the best part and that you can now turn into, look at your children with joy. The best part, it's not the whole part. It may be good in that area of her life. It might've been, he might've been good to you in that season, but it's not the only part. There's more. There's more to him. And he wants to continue revealing himself to you in every area of your life. He wants to continue revealing truth to you in your life. He wants to continue to encourage you in every area of your life. There's more. It's not just the best part. As I was studying this week, I I texted my wife and I said, man, I am struggling this week. It's one of those weeks where my pencil won't move. And I'm like flipping through my Bible and I'm like, God, like speak to me. And she, and she, you know, encouraged me, she said, hey, go on a drive. Cause she knows that's where the Lord really speaks to me. And, and I was trying to figure out how to close this out. And, and a goofy idea came to my idea or to my mind. My wife, uh, we got up, I don't remember the last time we had a Saturday morning where we didn't have to be somewhere. And like we got to sleep in uh, and we got up, she made some pancakes, she made some breakfast burritos. And I was just enjoying this time. And I looked at her, I was like, man, I don't remember the last time we've done this as a family. And I remember just eating the burrito. And how many of you know that last bite is always the best bite? It's always the best bite. But you have to consume the rest of the burrito to get to the best part. And I'm, I'm here to lay before you that some of you have just been trying over and over and over just, just to taste that last bite of the burrito. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the full burrito. He's the whole thing. He's that good. The Bible says that I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. So no matter how you walked in this morning, no matter how much you're faking it this morning, you need to remember that He is with you right now in that chair, that He loves you, that He cares about you, that He sees you, that He's got you, that you're not, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Why? Because He's with us. He's with us and He's in us. He's with us and He's with and in us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. I, I heard a statistic the other day that, that Americans are going to spend over $2 billion on Christmas presents this year. B with a B, billion with a B. And it's going to only bring anxiousness. It's only going to bring more fear. It's only going to bring more idolatry. It's only going to bring all these other things. And I'm not saying that gives, we, we got to go Christmas shopping. I'm just saying, don't get wrapped up in that. Get wrapped in the fact that Jesus is with us. This Christmas, some of you need to sit your family down and you need to read Luke. You need to read the story of Jesus with your family for the first time and remind your children that Christmas isn't about gifts. I'm telling you, go grab one of those Advent calendars. I said this last week, go get an Advent calendar. And every night, Kinley, go to the fridge. What's today's verse? She comes back and we read it. Some of you need to stop experiencing what you believe is the best part of Jesus, and you need to experience the fullness of Jesus. Will you stand?